40 days, 40 nights. A season of discipleship. A season of spring cleaning for the soul. A season of intentional spiritual practice. A season of bad jokes. Really bad jokes. A season called Lent. And therefore, today is the fourth Sunday of Lent. In today's passage from Luke 15, we find one of Jesus' most famous and most powerful parables. The parable of the lost son. How many of you heard this parable before? It's also known as the parable of the loving father. And it is all about coming back into right relationship. Whether you read it as coming back into right relationship with God, with others, or yourself. And folks, that's what life is all about. Getting back into right relationship. The younger son thought he knew what he wanted in life. But it took him a rough road to discover what he really needed. What about you? Are you like the younger son and you're running off after the false treasures of life? Or are you like the older brother who is blind to all the blessings around him? How can you be sure which brother you are in the story? Whether your life is great and you're on the mountain, or whether your life is brief and you're off the mountain, or you're sort of between, you can still mess up. There are blind spots when you are on the mountaintop. There are blind spots when you are off the mountain. How can you be sure about who you are? How can you know whether you're the younger daughter who needs to come home, or whether you're the older daughter who is blind to the blessings that are raining down around her like $100 bills? How do you do that? Well, there's lots of hows, but by now most of you know where we're going because we've been exploring the same theme throughout Lent. How can you be sure you're investing in the true treasures of life? How can you make sure that you're not deluded, that you're entirely blind to your situation? How? By practicing the spiritual disciplines found in our congregational rule of life. By plugging into God, by plugging into God's people. So if you take out the rule... Some of it's some of it's on different colors this week. Mine happens to be blue, but it's in your bulletin. One side is mission vision, the other side is the congregational rule. And we will recite it together without saying the numbers or the words in parentheses. Here we go. In response to God's love, supported by my St. John's family, and empowered by the Holy Spirit, I will live my baptismal vows as a disciple of Jesus. By striving to worship weekly, pray daily, serve at St. John's and beyond, love others and build spiritual friendships, know the Christian story and invite others, give generously, rest regularly. Last week we looked at two marks of discipleship, both of which are very good protections against self-delusion. What were those marks? That love others and build spiritual friendships and... And know the Christian story and invite others. 
And so today we're going to look at the final two marks of discipleship, starting with give generously. Give generously. Let's say that together. Give generously. You have been blessed to be a blessing. You have been blessed to be a blessing. Turn to someone next to you and tell them that. You have been blessed to be a blessing. <laughs> you have been blessed to be a blessing. Or as Jesus says in Acts chapter 21, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Does this involve money? Does giving generously involve money? Of course! Does it involve only money? Of course not. The idea of Christian stewardship is to ask yourself this question. How can I take everything that is in my charge, everything that I have, all that I possess, and how can I use that to bless others? It's about being generous with your time, talent, and treasure. Question. Does giving generously include the idea of making a generous pledge to this parish family? Yes, if this is your spiritual home. Yes. Another question. Does giving generously include the idea of working up toward a tithe, giving away 10% of your income to the church and causes beyond the church? Of course. And some of you could have been tithing last month and you still be very comfortable and have plenty of room to give. More. Some of you giving 10% will be a sacrifice and will be something to move toward faithfully one small step after the other. But giving generously, whether it's finances, or frequently having guests to your house for dinner, or serving here at St. John's and beyond, is also about your attitude. You know, there are a lot of people in the world who give a lot of money and a lot of time to good causes. But it's hard to describe what they do as being entirely generous. Because they do it with so little joy, so little cheer, so little enthusiasm. Remember what St. Paul told us in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. Each of you must give as you have made up your mind. Not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. A cheerful giver. Cheerful. Let's say that together. Cheerful. It's a good smile, David, that you were just doing. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> now, speaking of cheerfulness, I will now cheerfully share with you a bad joke. Put a man on an airplane. He will fly for a day. Push a man out of an airplane. And he will fly for the rest of his life. So true, isn't it? Such wisdom. And here's another one. Build a man a fire. And he'll be warm for a day. Light a man a fire. And he'll be warm for the rest of his life. Such wisdom, right? You're going to share these, these wise sayings as you leave. Uh, thinking of wisdom from a disciple of Jesus, that reminds me of a saying of Charles Spurgeon. Does anyone know who Charles Spurgeon was? 
great 19th century British preacher. And Dr. Spurgeon actually said these words. He said, some ministers would make great martyrs. They are so dry, they would burn well. (laughs) Now before you get any ideas, I'm going to move along. The final mark of discipleship is rest regularly. Rest regularly. Let's say that together. You cannot hope to carry on as a human being, or to invest deeply in the true treasures of life, or to be a faithful disciple of Jesus, but that a regular commitment to rest and renewal, to Sabbath. Sabbath. How many of you have heard that word before? Not the band, not the band. But the biblical practice of Sabbath is to set aside work for a period of time, in order to acknowledge God. And also for the purposes of returning to work rejuvenated and refocused. And the practice of resting regularly or keeping Sabbath is not just literally about getting rest, sleeping enough, caring for your body, eating right, though it certainly includes those wise practices. But Sabbath or resting regularly is also about what do you do To refresh your soul. To renew your spirit. What do you do to allow God to recreate life in you? That's what recreation is about. Recreation. Allowing God, allowing your life to be renewed and restored and refreshed. How are you doing that? For a lot of people, they do that by spending non-hectic, stress, non-hectic time with the people in their lives. Or it's getting out on the boat. Or taking a walk. It's making sure you have margins in your life, margins in your schedule. That as you look at your weekly planner, and you make sure there are some blank spots, and they stay blank. They remain unscheduled. It has been said, and these are words of serious warning. They are no joke. If you don't feed your soul, you'll start feeding off the people around you. If you don't feed your soul, you'll start feeding off the people around you. If you don't feed your soul in a healthy way, You will, guarantee. If you don't feed yourself, take care of yourself, you will start eating, consuming, emotional and spiritual fast food. Which, eventually, if not very quickly, will compromise you. And probably hurt a lot of other people. If you found this to be true in your own life or the lives of other people, say, Amen. Amen. Sadly, I have to say, Amen to that. Jesus' parable of the lost son continues to fascinate millions of people around the world. Because in this parable, we can so easily, you and I, find ourselves. And yet, tragically, sometimes we are blind to the fact that we are the younger daughter who needs to come home. Or we're blind to the fact that we're being the resentful brother who is not on board with mercy and life. And yet, you, 
by practicing the spiritual disciplines with God's help, by embracing our congregation's rule, by giving generously and resting regularly, you can have much greater assurance that you know who you are in this parable. Which character you are, and therefore you'll know who you are in life. You'll see things much more clearly. And not only is seeing believing, but seeing more clearly makes for wiser and more abundant living. Amen.